Hi, Sam. Welcome to the Tea with Nikki. I just wanted to ask you first off if maybe you can introduce yourself on how you would like to be introduced on the podcast. Hi, Nikki. Oh, well, I like that, actually. <laughs> I think I, I just think that I'm a servant. I am here on earth to really just fulfill my purpose and that happens to be in the marketing, media and women empowerment space. Amazing. So you are the founder of Womandla. Can you explain to us briefly what it, what Womandla is and what it is that you do? Sure. Okay. So we have this Womandla, the foundation, which is the nonprofit. And the nonprofit really is about empowering, educating and equipping black women and, and girls in the African diaspora. So we're starting in South Africa and we want to just go out the continent and doing that through STEM or advocating for STEAM, which is science, technology, engineering, arts and maths. Um, we run a mentorship program um, for younger girls and basically just walk them through their life journey, through sisterhood, through career options and choices, through choosing the right subjects and really just being there, that voice or that, or that person that they can speak to for issues that they feel that they can't speak to their guardians or parents. And then we also have entrepreneurship and development and that's where we do masterclasses for those emerging or existing business women across South Africa. And that is the foundation. Passionate about that was a passion project turned organization. But also I have a PR and communications consultancy and that's the holding company called Womantla Global Network. Awesome. And so you mentioned before as well that you're already in some places within South Africa and some communities. What communities are you in within South Africa at the moment in case uh, or if someone wants to maybe reach out and get involved as well? Right. So on the foundation part, we have a mentorship program that has just launched in Phoenix, Durban in KwaZulu-Natal. We have hopes and dreams that next year we'll be in Johannesburg as well. But in Cape Town, where I'm currently at and where most of the team is, we operate in Langer Township. But for our events and workshops, those could be either webinars, so it can be online, or it's based on a venue of for that particular workshop or event. So I think our global community or our online community will know exactly what's happening and where. So should anyone want to take part in our initiatives. And the Womandla Global Network, what is it that you guys cover exactly as well? Or what have you worked on recently? Yeah, so that is like my main job, the, the, the consultancy. And our services include public relations and uh, media relations. So publicity, booking publicity. We do a lot of CEO profiling. And we're now starting a, a platform for speakers as well because we're connected to the media. So whenever they need interviews or people, that's going to be a space where they can look up um, incredible speakers. Um, but also the social media management, digital marketing events um, and activations and some training as well for startups, um, particularly in the marketing and communication space. I think I need to join that a little bit. I'm a little bit lazy on the <laughs> social media marketing side. Of, <laughs> I'm being completely honest. But what well, was your... waiting. <laughs> we'll be waiting. <laughs> I'll look at that. Uh, what was your amazing, affluent Oprah Winfrey aha moment in your career? My Oprah, I love Oprah, by the way. She's like dreams. She's gold. an icon. <laughs> yes. I think my aha moment in my career 
was because I job hopped a lot, Nikki, and I don't know if it's a, a millennial thing. So I job hopped a lot trying to find me in my space and role and trying to find fulfillment in my job jobs then and I just didn't and I think my aha moment was just realizing that Sam you you know fortune favors the brave so if ever you want to expand your influence your territory your uh, money I think just go and do what your heart desires and start your own business and that's exactly what I did and I haven't lived since I've thought about it, but there's not like it's it's not like a job where you're like, you know what, I resign, I quit, I'll go and find something else. I'm finding myself, my value, my fulfillment and and purpose through the work that we're doing. And because the clients that we have are also, you know, um do good projects. So mm-hmm. I, I'm really encouraged and, and uplifted and in my workspaces. And yeah, that's my aha. <laughs> That's amazing. And how long have you been running Womantla Global Network and the foundation for now? So this yeah, this month, October, it's four years, wow. um, Womantla Global Network. And the foundation actually came before, so okay. and officially launched in 2018. But I have been doing community service and for a while prior to that. Well, happy four years at Womantla Global Network. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I'm so I'm so proud. What an incredible milestone and madness too. <laughs> yeah, I think your comment earlier, if it's a millennial thing, I think it's just it was a boomer thing to stay in a position for about twenty, forty years. You know, you get the yeah. retirement package with the company, and I feel Gen Z hops a little bit more than what millennials yeah. do. Millennials still feel some kind of loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. so they yeah. stay a bit longer. I mean, I've been in my position now four years at, at Salt, which is also quite unheard of. And a friend of mine, she's been at her company for over four years now, five years, which is also very unheard of as well with us yeah. millennials. But I 100%. think there's definitely been a big push as well. And just hearing you talk about, you know, finding you, finding your passion. I think that's why people mm-hmm. have been moving. And I think it's mm. a good thing. You know, it's also a lot of people not accepting sort of this work, work, life balance as opposed to yeah. work, life balance. Yeah. And also I must say, you know, with the nature of work, I mean, that's also moved along since the boomers and that's changed like mm. just just technology with the the pressures with capitalism you know so many things have changed <laughs> that have really made us more aware of our mental health and made us more aware of what is important um because things were a little bit more simpler then and i think our parents would find contentment in just having that consistent mm. consistency to build their families um and for us we just prioritizing different things yeah. So as an entrepreneur, what were your views before you took the leap to entrepreneurship? And what have they changed now since becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I felt the difference, sure, almost immediately in the way that I thought. So I think my mindset shifted quite significantly becoming an entrepreneur. And the reason why, like, is that I would take a lot more instructions in my workspace. So it was more about what the company value is, what the, the, the deliverables are sure, and what we're trying to move. And all of those things are still valid in my journey. But in the way that I thought, like 
I just have a holistic uh, mindset on how to do things now. And, and it's just, it's just like, I, I'm now more, more proactive because I mean, I'm running the business and, and, of course, I want the right people to join and assist and help and work with freelancers. So, so communicating our value and, and, and our efficiencies is also very important. But I think it's just stretched my thinking, my creativity. It's stretched my confidence. Oh, boy, it's so hard to pitch and be like, I'm the best in the business. Forget about everyone else. And um, to get those so really really grow and and where i would have limited myself in a role um, and just be like this is the job spec this is what i have to do and i've delivered and this is my key performance indicators so, yay i now just have a, a broader holistic thought process in 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 in, in the business goals mm -hmm. the business um objectives and having the right people and communicating that well i think as i'm a communication specialist i study mm -hmm. pr and communication but I actually sucked at it, you know, and being in a role of of, of, of running these two businesses has really stretched me mm. in, in what I thought I knew all about and, and dealing and working with people. So I think, yeah, the shift was definitely like a, a different mindset. I came, I went from a fixed mindset in, in terms of how to, to deliver to a more growth mi mindset because mm. things change. You have it like you, we've heard it so many times, but when you're actually doing it, you're like, Oh boy! Now I see why I should I shouldn't have been rigid in that. I shouldn't have I should have you know pushed the boundaries a little bit more in that. So I think yeah, it stretched my creativity and confidence as well. How did you sort of pep yourself up to four pitches as well? Because you said you used to struggle with those. So how do, how did you kind of overcome that? What did you do to get yourself through to become better at pitches? Yeah. So I mean. I've joined programs. I've been on a lot of programs for entrepreneurs in through the U.S. Embassy, through through various things. And I think oh, cool. in those networking programs and recently B two B, I you have to learn how to pitch. So they actually mm -hmm. teach you the skills. I know some people have done Toastmasters, so I think that would be a good idea and something I also think about. But it 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 really goes with practice, and it also also goes with the coaching element. Mm -hmm. I really believe having the coach or mentor to help you to overcome that i'm not a person who's afraid to speak so that made it a little bit easy but sometimes it's tough mm -hmm. um owning your stuff you know yeah. speaking about what you do as a business it's easy when it's oh this is my role and you somehow you know differentiate or distance yourself this is my role at this company mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work out, and then you go report to the boss oh well it didn't work out yeah but here in your business you're gonna, you're gonna have to make it work yeah. you need to come go there with a winning mindset that i'm i'm here to win i'm here to convince this person and that's a muscle that you actually grow and, and yeah continue to develop in oh, i've also thought about a toastmasters before it always seems so much fun <laughs> especially i think if you're yeah. someone who likes to talk and comfortable with talking and being set of retention clearly <laughs> i <laughs> think it's always something that's fun <laughs> yeah absolutely i think it's something i should ex i can explore apparently it's intensive but we'll see if you want to really hone in on your crafts then maybe mm. something to look at. yeah definitely so what have been some of the other struggles that you've had that you faced as an entrepreneur sure I mean <laughs> this journey is not easy so firstly if anyone thinks it is it absolutely is not it's quite glamorized journey. entrepreneurship 100% on LinkedIn we are all thrilled for this we are all excited to announce we're always just you know 
but the blood, the sweat and the tears that goes on behind or all those announcements when you do win, right? Or when you do achieve something like it's actually, it's, it was something that I don't think I was actually prepared for. I'm first generation now entrepreneur, my sister and I in our family. So there was never a, an example or an immediate example to look up to, to ask questions, to to see what failing looks like and to pick yourself up even beyond that. If anyone failed in my family, they failed, it was still within their job role. Mm. They were still guaranteed salary at the end of the month. And for, and for the first time, I didn't have a salary for a, a while in my business when things went you know, a bit south. Uh, and those are the things that I kept having to um, look, where am I going wrong? And I personalized all the failures, right? Because, you know, I'm the business and mm. I'm normally excellent. I've won so many awards. So so why are the clients coming? You know, there's those challenges where you start like internalizing and personalizing things as if you are the person that is wrong. And of course, I know I have blind spots. I, have, mm. I know I have my weakness. But I think the hardest thing was, was, how you feel so alone and, and, and sort of unsupported in the journey. And for me, as I said, not having, for the first part, not having some a mentor, I, I later then got a mentor to help with my business growth. But also I think what failure looked like for me was when a contract was not renewed mm-hmm. or when I servicized with a particular places and I chose me and I was like, is this the right thing to do? Like, this is the business that I'm meant to be building. I should suck it up. But in, some, in certain instances, it's like, no, you don't have to suck it up when this person is, is or this company is completely um, misaligned and absolutely not respectful of your craft mm-hmm. or your time, or they really just, I don't know, don't see the value. And it's like, I'm not going to try and prove my value. I've proven it in, enough through my proposal, through our conversations, through our meetings, through like... Yeah, so it's it's just, it's really been a, quite a journey of self-discovery. Yeah, I was of about to say. Yep, of resilience. There are things that you like, I don't want to do this, but you kind of just have to do it, mm. you know. And and I'm a lost born, so I'm kind of spoiled. So I felt like, you know, if I don't want to do stuff, I can wrangle my way out. But no, not when um, people are relying on you, um, oh. clients are relying on your team and yourself. I've got stuff to pay for. So I have to, you know, just push through, you know. Yeah. And and also I think in the public relations space, there's just so much drive to look good. Mm. I mean, it's our role, it's our job to portray an image. And when when I was when I was going through it, okay, mm. I was struggling with then looking the part and yeah. just being the part at the same time. So yeah. That must have been so hard as well. You know, you're feeling some kind of way and then you're having to put this Instagram highlight reel uh, on your social media yeah. thing. Everything's good. Everything's great. Reminds me of that meme of that dog sitting in the burning room with a coffin. It's like, everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I, have a whole, I have a whole folder of memes that I can tell. Let's just talk to how I feel <laughs> and love more. Before we, we decided to come onto the podcast, we had another conversation and you mentioned that also, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, your relationships also tend to struggle a bit. There seems to be challenges around relationships in entrepreneurship, not just romantic as well, but you were saying like friendships, family mm-hmm. as well. I think, you know, relationships 
are just a tricky thing just to navigate generally. But I think when you are an entrepreneur, it seems like you're somewhat selfish. And that's not the case. I, I'm not that person. I, I would like to believe I'm very generous and altruistic. I mean, hello, there's the foundation. But when you feel that the depth of that call so strong and you just want to push, push, push and do that and see the success happen, sometimes you'd really just have such a, a laser focus mm. that you you somewhat take advantage of relationships and 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 it's not intentional mm. it's not meaningful you take advantage in the sense that you're like i'm busy now i'll get back to it and whatever and then the next thing comes upon and the next thing comes on and then next thing it's two weeks later and you actually haven't connected with some of the people that are important to you and then also when you are let's say depressed or stressed you also feel like oh i don't want to burden anyone mm. um with this until i out. Or, or at least for me that's that was my personal um journey but I think also I have I have I'm kind of t- type a perfectionist uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so I, I had wild expectations in how people will see how I work and that will translate in how they will work I just thought that was leading by example honestly but it is which is right to assume (laughs) yeah I mean I would have thought the same but that's just probably the a type Um, (laughs) but but think about it Nikki if you see I don't know your boss or whatever working until midnight every day you don't actually aspire to do that Mm -hmm. and you actually have a personal like boundary and be like you know what I'm done with this at six afterward afterwards I'm going out I'm going to dinner with my friends I'm doing a b and c and so because I have these two roles actually with you know being a social entrepreneur on on both Mm -hmm. spectrums I was always working and I think the level of stress the level of frustration my communication style and all of those things also impacted the relationships that I had when I was still establishing it myself and starting everything because it was just such an overlap and there was real life things happening at the same time Mm -hmm. so yeah relationships do and did suffer and I started realizing this the most when when I was like okay I'm really going through so much and no one knows about it. Yeah. Or you so kind of made yourself happened. an island. hundred percent. And, and also th- that goes the opposite way. I did not know what was going on in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my word. I didn't realize that so much was happening in this person's life that I, I said I cared about. And yeah. So boundaries, I've, I have been learning boundaries. Also being a, a person who is, giving and generous and and always willing to help I had to like find why I'm that way mm-hmm. and then put boundaries that I'm not always on call for people who who then need help for a b and c just because I am good at it like yeah. they need to book a time so that I can give myself myself my um, time to then rest because from a restful place, then I can um, show up much better in my spaces and in my relationships. Mm. And I can be happier as yeah. a person and I can be attentive to um, the needs of, of my, my my people. Yeah, they say a rested mind is a productive mind. 100%, 100%. So I take, I take naps during the day too. Oh, I love <laughs> a good nap during the day. They are so underrated. How long are your naps usually? Yeah. I can do like a 20 minute is good enough for me. Yeah, 20 minute power nap. Yeah, I usually set a timer for like 30 minutes because I know it takes me about yeah. five, 10 minutes to fall asleep. So then I do get that yeah. Yeah. 20. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 
And what was a business blunder turned to blessing in your in your journey at Omandla? Oh, a business blunder that turned into a blessing. I think, yeah, I'm going to speak to this quite vaguely because it was quite a sensitive thing that happened is, again, with the relationships, actually. I think when I started losing certain people in my in my space, time, life, and in, 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 in the team, I then understood what we needed to work on mm. and, and what recruitment journeys should also look like you know with the foundation particularly or whatever when someone is doing something great you're like oh I want to be a part of this you know yeah. you get excited you see all the pictures and you're like I'm actually quite skilled at this but people don't realize the work that there's actual real work behind building anything and it mm-hmm. takes a lot it everything it's not an um, overnight and- success really really isn't and passion will only take you this so far mm. above and beyond that it's real hard work and so I think the blunder in in in, in the relational issues that I had and that turned into a blessing is that I could then look into working on leadership strategies styles communication strategies and styles being clear on recruitment expectations you know again this is one of those things that you learn once you're in the entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. journey right because coming from work just based on our conversation earlier coming from work you're the one being recruited you're Mm -hmm. selling yourself and you sound great but then you have to deliver right so just from the flip side it's like how do i actually test critical thinking and this is what i'm now using in in what in, in whoever i would like to join our teams how do i i I establish that this person is here, sure with good intentions, but can deliver, you know? So those are the things that have really helped us grow. Um, and and yeah, the blessing in that is that, oh, our strategy has changed. Our strategies have has grown. We've had a lot more partners um, coming on board based on this. If that had not happened, we wouldn't have taken a relook, a refresh mm-hmm. on how we do things as an organization. And change those areas and blind spots, and work on our passions and 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 um, delivery deliverables to get where we are today. So, off the back of that, what would be a top tip of yours for anyone looking to start a business or become an entrepreneur, or as you call yourself, a social entrepreneur? What are the top tips? Firstly, I'd say be be prepared. There's, there's a level of preparation that is required and there are some things that you won't know until you're in it, unfortunately. I, there is no like um, handbook um, because the entrepreneurial journey is a university of itself. You keep learning. Um, but of course you can you can see where you are, are, where you need more assistance and help. Like I hate admin. I hate anything. I mean, I should know all the finances of the business, but I, I hated accounting. Like I hated accounting. So the reason why you didn't position, do it at university. <laughs> uh, so in running a business and making sure that it's sustainable you need to understand all those accounting concepts mm. you need to have the right trust you know so I think the top tips is firstly knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses mm. I think with that it's very important you know so that where you are weak you find the right person and, and you don't feel threatened by them so don't yeah. take don't take your weakness, weaknesses and make them threats 
you know. So understand your weakness, work on it, on your weaknesses, work on it, grow. Be happy to get feedback. Like feedback is just so critical in in this in this journey. It's a gift. One of our my mentors said feedback is a gift. And I really believe in in <clears throat> working on relationships. I think those are the three things that I, I would say are my hot takes and tips. Relationships matter. Feedback is a gift. Learn your strengths and weaknesses and and don't turn those into threats, but opportunities. And I think the last thing about starting a business is have financial backing Mm. that's just so important so if you're transitioning from a job to entrepreneurship start off safe for a year if you can start off slowly but surely and and then once you can pay yourself a a, a reasonable amount that fluctuates well it has for me in finding the sustainability of the business but yeah be, be financially secure or marry rich (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or marry rich i love that maybe yeah that's a that's a good idea and then you can have all your yeah. entrepreneurship <laughs> dreams come true <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> if, if all else fails yeah <laughs> very rich. what was a cinematic worthy cock-up moment for you in the time that you've had your career oh my god i think yeah oh my word I don't know, but I think something I've done and I've absolutely learned from like was when sending out a press release and I was just so busy trying to tick that off my list that I sent the wrong press release. Um, I mean, the right press release, but to the wrong like media house. Uh, oh, no. I wanted to crawl under something, a mat. I think, yeah. Yeah, I've learned so much from that mistake. What a cock up! Because you're also trying to get in there, yeah. learn the yeah, trying to the make the right impression and like right and so build the relationship. So yeah. they, yes, so that you're the content queen that they're calling. Yeah. Then you just screw it up with the competitors' oh, no. details. Are you serious? Yeah, oh, I will no. never let that down. But yeah. Now it's paying attention to detail. Learn to pay more attention to detail. Yeah. So before we head on into the quick fire round, I just want to finish off. I ask everyone on the podcast, what is your view on failure? I heard you mention a bit earlier, but uh, what, what would you say is your view now on failure? Failure is because I've gone through it and quite significantly, you just need to learn to have a relationship with failure. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who likes to let things go and be like, oh, it failed, it failed off of water of a duck's back i'm not that kind of person i want to see why i failed mm. how i can you know move forward from this so i think that is part of changing your mindset into a growth mindset but have a good relationship with failure because i mean most of for the most part when you're studying uh, through school when you fail you're punished significantly yeah. or made to feel a particular way about failure and this is why you get anxious and anxiety and you and you're not as confident or proactive because we're so afraid of failure mm. whereas we should actually learn that failure is something that we should have a relationship with but don't walk into something with that that i'm walking into this knowing that i'm going to fail yeah. that's not what you're doing but if this doesn't happen 
what can I do? How can I learn from this? How do I move forward? What is required to change and move the needle? I think so having a better relationship with failure is something that we should all like harness actually because it is definitely a part of life and it's actually a good part of your growth. So failing is not giving up. That's definitely one thing I also want to say to you know the listeners. Failure is not giving up. Failure is just finding what did not work mm. and then finding what will work and using that for your advantage. Yeah, I love that so much. I couldn't agree more with you. So let's mm. just quickly move into our quick fire round. So this is how it's we good. normally end off the interview. So it's just a few questions. First word or sentence or something that comes to mind. So starting off, first question is, if you could change people's perception about one thing, what would it be? Perception about me? Anything. Okay. Mm. If I could change people's perceptions about... This is a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would change people's perception about, yeah, that we can't get or achieve anything without hard work. Mm. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought, you know, things can come easy, but no. Or you're you just lucky. Hard. Yeah, or you're just lucky and blessed. Sure mm. you are, but need to work hard yeah. yeah I think that's something people should know and two what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received the worst piece of advice I've received is do what makes you happy <laughs> I'll tell you why because there could be a lot of illegal things there could be a lot of <laughs> things that are not beneficial to me but they will make me happy that is not the indicator <laughs> Do what will move you forward. Do what will help you in in five years down the line. Do what will be good for someone else, but not just do what makes you happy. There needs to be parameters with that. (laughs) (laughs) And off the back of that, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've received is you, okay, I'm going to somewhat paraphrase, but it's you, you accept the love you think you deserve. Oh, I love um, that one. Yeah, I that's agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just is such a self-love situation that, mm. you know, if a client is treating you this way and you receive that, that's up to you. Yeah. If in a relationship, the, the, your partner is doing bare minimum and you are telling them that you're not happy and they do nothing about that and you continue to accept that, that's still up to you. If you eat junk food for the rest of your life and not take care of your body and not love your body that, you know, the body that should be carrying you to do all the wonderful things you should be doing, that's also up to you. So you're accepting that love that you think that you deserve. So, yeah. And if you could live in any book in the world, which one would it be? But if you don't read fiction, what is a book that you would highly recommend? There's one book that has never like left my left my heart and mind, and that's the five people you meet in heaven. <laughs> I know that one, yeah. Yeah, by Mitch Album. What a beautiful story. Mm. And it was just juxtaposed in, in various scenarios, but it all just comes together. Such a like it feels like such a spiritual journey and 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 book. And I just think that yeah, if I were to be featured there, I would love, I would love that to live in that book. Um, and yeah, that there's the one line that says no story sits by itself. So I love that so much because as much as we think that we could be very different and we are and we experience mm-hmm. life differently and 
people enjoy certain privileges and others not, we are still somewhat interconnected to each mm. other and just find that essence is just, you know, what will move the human race forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. And coming to the last question, if you had to have a dinner party and you could invite three guests, who would they be? They can be anyone who has a part of history or dead or fictional or currently alive as well in the world. It would be Oprah Winfrey. We've mentioned my yes. love for Oprah Winfrey. Okay. Or it would be hmm. Kanye Lomo. She used to own Destiny Magazine and Media House and publications. So, yep. And it would be... I think she's Jamaican or something, but her name is Dr. Cindy Trim. Okay. And she's just a yeah, she's a spiritual leader. And I just think that would be just all encompassing of the person, the people I look up to, yeah, and who I am. So I would love to have a fat chat with them at a dinner party. Oh, that does sound like a really nice dinner party as well. I can imagine <laughs> you just want Oprah there shouting, You're all getting treated. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do it at her house? Yeah. <laughs> you're getting a car. You're getting a car. You're getting a car. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Sam. Yeah. That's all from my side on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining and sharing your knowledge and expertise, your experiences in entrepreneurship, and then also some of the struggles that you've encountered going through it. And then I'll drop any details about Womantla as well so that people can reach out to you if they want to get involved, help with the foundation, or maybe apply to Womantla Global Network and join your team. Thank you so much. It's been a lovely conversation. And yeah, absolutely loved sharing. And yeah, it also makes me think, you know? Yeah. Also, thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sam. We'll be in touch soon. Cheers. All right. Bye.